Phil, the audio isn't coming in very well. There's no audio. How about now? Night are good. <laughs> Thanks, man. Sorry. I'll uh, review the question outside. So at the two dots, the Gemara was bothered by the fact that Rabiosi in our Mishnah, the Mishnah in Ayin Vav and Bez, that he um, only seemed to argue in a case where the kisvu utnu, where the husband said that the writing and the giving was first and only followed by the condition. But maybe he should also argue in all cases, in the language of the Gemara here, is that perhaps we should say about Rav Yossi that get al tanai kosher, that a tanai doesn't matter in regards to a get. So to this, the Gemara says, lo, that's not correct. Mm -hmm. He would say that in a case where the condition was listed first, followed by kisu utnu, it would still be puzzle. Because he should have said something else. He should have said, im lo basi, then kisu utnu. But instead, he said it out of order. And this is actually what's going on. That kisu would mean, you should write it now. Utnu means in Lobasi that you should write it later after uh, the condition has been fulfilled that he didn't return in that time. What would the rabbis say about this? Because we know that Rav Yossi is now clarified that he only argues in the second case in the Mishnah, but not in the first. The Rabbanon, what would they say about this? These arguments don't matter. Both cases are problematic. If he puts the Tanai before the Kisvu Tnu, or if he says Kisvu Tnu first and then the Tanai, it does not matter. The halachos are the same in both cases. Tanu Rabbanan, the rabbis have taught us that if a person makes the condition of la'achar shavua after a whole Shemitah cycle, how do we view the timing on that? Does it mean that the day after year seven, that's when the condition is fulfilled? Says the Gemara, no, shana, we have to add in yet another year. And if you look at Rashi just to our right, a third of the way down in the Rashi's, Dibrahamaschal la'achar shavua shana, look at the end. Dekol shana shminis kruya achar shavua. So if a person says that uh, that you'll be divorced after Shemitah, the after Shemitah includes the next year, which we might not have intuitively thought, but that is what the Gemara says. 
What if the person said the Achar Shana? If I'm going to be gone for after a year, says the Gemara, Chodesh, we have to add another month to that year. We don't assume he meant 365 days. We presume he added in the next month. Let's just say, for example, the month of January of the following year. If a person says the Achar Chodesh, you're divorced after a month, then do we say day 30? No, we do not. But rather, Shabbos, we have to add in one more week. What if a person says the Achar Shabbos? We're going to be divorced after a week's time. My, what's the din? So here the Gemara says a third of the way down, seven lines before the end of the parak. Ayin Zayin Amadalev. Yasi Rabzera Kame de Ravasi. Rabzera was sitting in front of Ravasi. But Amrila, some say it was Ravasi Kame de Rav Yochanan. Not exactly sure which generation it took place in, the second or first generation. And here was the line that was said either by Ravasi or by Rav Yochanan, one of the two. Chad Bishva, Vitrei Vitzlasa. Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Those are considered Basar Shabsa. Those follow Shabbos. So if a person says we're going to be divorced after a week and he says it on a Sunday, then that also means that Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday are not yet divorced days because he said it has to be after Shabbos and after Shabbos is up to Tuesday. But Arba Vechamsha Umale Shabsa, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, that's Kame Shabsa. This din was made famous for people like us because of the halachos of Havdalah. Because we know that a person can say Abdullah up to Tuesday. After that, it's no longer considered tethered to the previous Shabbos, but rather looking forward to the next one. And Tanya, we have a brisa that um, extends this idea to one other space. And the space that it extends it to is the holidays. The brisa writes, Tanya, four lines before the end of the parak, halfway down on the page, Rebbe Omer, Le'achar HaRegel, if a person says after the holiday, so then Shloshem Yom, you have to wait another 30 days. That's a very strict line. It also doesn't seem to be intuitive with a regular landmark. It's just a seemingly arbitrary. A year is a month. Also, it's a good kasha. La'achar shavua shana. Nira da'afilo omi besof shavua. No, that's a shana. That was a great question. Yeah, I mean, what she says. Not really. No, but you, your Mari Makum is better. I was asking in Swara, but you're saying the, the Mari Makum. The math doesn't work. Yeah. Great question. So the Gemara says that this Shita didn't really hold up uh, to the test of time because Nafak Rubchia, and when it was Darshan Mishmei de Rebbe Vikalsua, he said out loud, Oh, I heard this beautiful Shita of Rebbe. It was wonderful. But Mishmei de Rabbim, when he spoke about the Shita without a name attached to it, the Lokilsua. <laughs> Right. When he did, when he wanted to be like, ah, there's a das yachid out there that we don't pass in, like Alma that the halacha is not that way. Namely, if a person says haregel, based on this is an inference of the Gemara, it's not actually what the Gemara says. The chora when the chag is over, you're divorced. Whereas all of the other days had a natural divide. We know that the the unit under month is week. The unit under week is day. Fine, we got it. The unit under year is month, but there is no unit under regel. So it may be the implication is from the Gemara that you'd be divorced even right after the regal. Hadran Allah Hashem, we finished yet another parak, the seventh parak of Masechah's Gittin. We're going to be having a Siyam in Yerush Hashem in 13 days, give or take. I don't know the date. Maybe you do. Somewhere around 13 days. It's on a Monday. Okay. It's more information than I had. Um, I Hashem, I'll be in town for that. You wrote something, we should come back to this staff in seven and a half years. I'm excited to finish this parak for two reasons. First of all, because it's a hard parak. Um, and all of the cases are so similar to one another. And my brain struggles to remember each individual case. I don't know if you're like that. I'm for sure like that. And the second reason I'm excited is because this next parak is like more classical Shas ideas that we'll see throughout Shas. 
uh, for example, which we're going to discuss tonight, that a woman can be divorced by my placing a get in her chatzir. So what are the halachic mechanics of that? Is it shlichus? Is it v'nasan v'yodah? Is it an extension of her hand? Like that, those are shasugas about shlichus, and we have to understand them. Last night, somebody asked me a question about arvus by brismila. We understand that a father can appoint someone to be a moel. That's totally normal. What happens if the father wants you to be the moel? He's Jewish, he's, but he wants you to be the moel, but he can't read Hebrew. Can I make the bracha in his stead? Is that a din of arvus or is that a din of shlichus? <laughs> arvus, not arvus. But why am I making a bracha for him? I can function as bezdin when there is no Jewish father. That's fine. But when the wasn't the question. But when the father's present and he's saying, "I I can't read Hebrew," so typically I make them go word for word with me, because yeah. then my bracha is the shem chinuch, and then his bracha is the shem the mitzvah, and then that works properly. But sometimes they're too reticent to do that. They're uncomfortable. They're I had this Shiloh come up. I don't even know the answer to this. This was a great Shiloh. I love this. One of my favorite bris Shilohs that came up over the years. Um, I did a bris. And uh, my assumption from the conversations, and clearly I was wrong, is that the father was also Jewish. The mother I knew was Jewish. The father was also Jewish. So I said to the father, would you like to say the bracha after me? He was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> baruch, baruch, ata, ata. So I said the bracha, l'shein chinuch. He's a guy. So his bracha was a zero. So should I have gone back and said another bracha? And it wasn't a bracha. It's not a bracha. It's chinuch. I do that for my kids all the time. For my four-year-old, I make brachas from all the time. That's pashat. But what, what do you do? Like, let's say I remembered, and if so, what's the time frame in which you would have repeated the bracha? Do you have to be bashas maisa? Does it have to be the same day in his lifetime? I don't know the answer. I never asked the question, actually. It's a great question. Okay. Let's jump into a new parak. What is the name of this parak? Hazorik. Let's go. Hazorik get the ishto. If a man throws a get to his wife, and she is in her home, or in her field, if if he threw it into his own house and she's there, or in his own field. So then, even if the get is in, in her bed, while she's lying in a bed in his house, not with, he's not involved here, just her in the bed, and, he, and the get is thrown into the bed that she's sleeping in, because we need a halachic mechanism for the divorce to take place. When it's her chatzer, we understand. Her chatzer is an extension of her. We'll figure out what those are the right words or not. But over here, she's in his house right now. So she, if he throws the get into the guest room that she's sleeping in, and it lands on the bed, and he says, goodbye and good riddance, they're not divorced yet, because the bed can't be kone. For her, if the bed is not hers, the bed belongs to him. However, even if she's in his property, into her lap, into a basket, her purse, whatever, good. How do we know that chatzar works? So the Pasuk that we know says, So let's learn a Brisa. The Brisa is uh, found a couple of different places in Shas, one here and one in Baba Metziah. The Brisa says, the the Pasuk says, in regards to a woman getting divorced, that it has to be put in her hand. So if we are literalists, so then the Pasuk says, in her hand. So perhaps we'd say that it's only in her hand. How do we know that if it's thrown onto her roof, if it's thrown onto her chatzer or her karpef, which is an enclosed space, Minayin, how do we know that that also works? Talmud Lomar, because the Pasuk says, Vinasan Mikol Makom. 
It's a drasha. It's not necessarily an intuitive drasha because we would have thought that the word vinasan biada wasn't left for drasha. We would have thought vinasan biada is the din of how to get divorced. Place this in her hand. So the Gemara says, no, the Brisa says in the Chachamim's uh, remarkable wisdom that the word vinasan was meant to be inferred from. And it teaches us mikol makom that as long as it's in anything that's her property, she will be divorced. And we have a similar Brisa, we have the same thing by a thief. What does that mean? The Pasuk says, by the Ganav, it says, Yado. What is the Pasuk? Famous Pasuk that teaches us the din of Kefel, that if a man is caught red-handed stealing, he has to pay double what he stole. So that's from the word Yado. I only know if he's caught with it in his hand. How do we know that if the theft took place and it's in his property, he'd still be caught? And says the Gemara, we needed both of these Mari Mekomos. We needed this idea of by get to extend that a woman can also be divorced by her chatzer. The same is true that a ganav can be chayiv kefil by his chatzer. Why do we need both cases? But the Gemara says twelve lines or so, fifteen lines from the bottom of Ein Zayin Aleph. This is an obvious distinction. It's actually, honestly, it's actually a little odd that the Gemara is going into a tzrichusa here about comparing the halachic status of theft to the halachic status of a woman receiving a, a get. It's so easy to distinguish between those two worlds. But let's see how the Gemara makes a distinction. If I only had the source that said that a woman can get divorced via chatzer, that's mishum de because there's a unique din by a woman that a husband can divorce her against her will. What You can make someone steal something. If I put a, a cow in your yard, that's not you being a theft. That's me being a fool. Nothing, you didn't do anything wrong. But by a woman, we can force her divorce. Therefore, these cases are not comparable. Amalo, I might have thought that maybe this rule of chatzer doesn't apply by a ganav. Kamash Malan, that that's not the case. And Vyashmin and ganav. If I would have had the case of ganav that taught us that he can be make a king in a, of chatzer, if he wants to do ganeva with his chatzer, he can. There, Mishum de Kansei Rachmana, there he has a knas. The Torah is a chiddish. What's the chiddish? Is that he has to pay kefel. 2x. So therefore, maybe over there that's the case. I'll get a malo. Tzricha. So that's what the Gemara says, that we need both of these marimakamas. All right, let's get into some lambdas over here. Says the Gemara, I don't understand. How does this work that her, her chatzer works? Even if it is her chatzera, who cares? Masha isha kanabayla. We have a principle that that which a woman owns becomes the property of her husband. And if that's true, then what is this distinction between her field and his field? Her field is his field. So what do you mean in the Brisa and in, in, in our Mishnah, right? Our, our Mishnah presented it without Mari Mekomos. The Brisa says that we know that a chatzar can be kona get based on the word venasan, venasan mikol makom, but mashakana isha kona baila. It's not even her field. So the Gemara says two answers. And here's answer number one. Amar Amar Rebbe Lazar, it must be because when the husband writes to her, I want nothing to do with your properties. In other words, there's a new kimta over here. When is it that a chatzar actually works to divorce a woman? I take the piece of paper rolled up 
a little string around so it stays. And I toss it over the fence into her property. Really, really her field is my field. But Ukimta that I said, I have no interest in your property. And when he says that, then the field that was initially hers properly becomes hers. And then the din of Chatzar kicks in. Little difficult to say in the Brice above, by the way. This who came to Dinu Dvarim Eni Benichsayich. Well, well, the Gemara doesn't. That's my. That just bothered me in, in learning. But there is another answer to this. And Vichikas of Lahachi My Habe. And even if he writes this, so what? Who cares if he writes Dinu Dvarim Eni Benichsayich? At the end of the day, still the Din of Masha Kanisha Kanabila is stronger than his separation of what he's hoping would be the giving back of her property. She's still married to him. There's still the override. After all, the Hatanya, six, seven lines from the bottom. If a man says to his friend, All of these languages are not halachically binding. So over here too, if a man says, I don't want anything to do with your field. And after he says that sentence, he throws the get into her field. It shouldn't matter. Your verbal declaration that that which you own, I want you to own, it doesn't work because Masha Kanisha Kanabila is stronger than this throwaway sentence of I want you to now own your own field. So therefore, the Gemara says, you're right. You're absolutely right. And limiting the din of Chatzir tremendously, the Gemara says, Amre de Yanai, the Kosev La, the Oda Arusa. We're not talking about a divorce of someone who's married fully. We're only talking about the divorce of someone who's an Arusa. And when you say to an Arusa, I don't want your property because you're not fully married, that line does create a separation of ownership. And therefore, only as an Arusa, I tell her, I take the get, I throw it over the fence, then she's divorced. But the implication of this first approach is that the din of Chatzar doesn't work with fully married people. And not only that, even if you were to say to a married woman, it also wouldn't work. Seems very, very limiting if you learn the Gemara this way. Seems pasha. And I'm such as how, how the Gemara seems to present. Okay. And then says the Gemara, of Kahana. We actually have precedent for this kind of idea in Halacha. How so? Three lines from the bottom. of Kahana. If a man gets an inheritance from a different place, this is actually code word for a man who gets inheritance from his wife after she dies, which is uh, not a dindel raisa, it's a dindel rabbanan, and he can have access to that. There he can make a, um, he can make a condition on it before Rashi, Rashi adds in the last two letters on the page, last two words on the page is, kodem shezacha, before he takes uh, possession of his wife's possessions after she died, he can say, I don't want it. He could be masne and say shalom yirashana, and this is uchad rava. This is similar to Rava's opinion. To Amar Rava, Rava says haomer, turning to the top of Ayin Zayin of a a person who says efshi b'takanas chachamim kegonzu, I'm not interested in this particular takanas chachamim. Shomen lo, we do, we do believe this person. And when is this? My kegonzu says the Gemara kidirav huna Amar Rav. Do Amar huna Amar Rav yichol leisha shatomar labayla. Um, a woman can tell her husband, I'm not interested in being fed by you. So we know that a woman can say that. And then her, her, don't go to him. That's, that's reasonable. And in short, 
we see some precedents in halacha that one is allowed to say a line that removes their ownership. However, according to approach number one, which is the approach of Rivalazar, the din of chatzer only works by an arusa when you say din udvarim emli b'nechsaich. Rava couldn't believe that this even happened. Rava Amar, atu yadami lo says the Gemara, I don't understand. Isn't her hand already connected to her husband? Ella, it must be that Gita v'yada bayin ke'echad. Hachanami Gita v'chatseira bayin ke'echad. Rava is having trouble with the following. Doesn't the husband own her hand too? So, Masha... We're going to figure this out. We have to figure out Rava. Rava's line is, I don't understand. Atu yada milo Doesn't he own her physical body? Doesn't he own her? There was a Kenyan, there's Kedushin. So everybody relax because it's not going to be the conclusion. But that's like the Havamin of the Gemara. Yeah, yeah. For, for these purposes. Yeah, but. That is what it is. That's what it is. If you learn the first Mishnah in Kedushin, uh, there's room to say otherwise. But but it doesn't matter because the Gemara, the Gemara is what? I hear what you're saying. I'm just saying that if, if we're if we're not avoiding political correct language, it's not. No, no, no. But yeah, but for our purposes, correct. It's a yeah. Yeah. But the, so therefore, the svara of Rava is that two things happen in the same exact moment. Just like when he hands her her get, her hand returns to her own rishus. Therefore, the get is functional. Same exact idea, which is that, yes, you're right, and really the chatzer that she, quote unquote, owns actually belongs to him. But when he hands her the get into the chatzer, two things happen. He gives her the get, the property transfers to her rishus, and now she's divorced. Says the Gemara, the, the question that we've all been thinking, that I was thinking, Amar lei Ravina Ravashi, Amar lei Ravina Ravashi, Rava, Rava really thought that that was the case. I understand that her handiwork, that which her hand produces, you own, that I understand. But you actually physically own her body? What does that mean? You own her hand? Makes no sense. Rava, you're right. What was Rava actually talking about? He was actually talking about a different case scenario. It wasn't talking about an Isha. And no, the husband doesn't own the wife's hand. What were we talking about? We were talking about the following case scenario. We're about uh, uh, 12 lines down. There, we have the din by an Eved that according to the Shita, that I could free my Eved with a get shikhror by handing him a get. So there, Yad Eved ki Yad Rabo Damya. There, the Yad Eved is like, there he, he, we do own that Eved. We do. So how does that divorce take place? How does the get shikhror of the Eved work? Ella, it must be that Gito v'yado ba'in ke'echad, hachanami Gito v'chatzer ba'in ke'echad. We're extrapolating from the world of Eved back over to the world of Isha. And we're saying that just like by an Eved, when I hand him a get shikhror, two things happen at once by the world of Eved. So too by the world of Isha, two things happen at once, Rava says. And the lambdas of why a chatzer works for a woman, if it's her chatzer, is because at the very moment that he gives her the get, the property is now legally hers because of the get, and therefore there's a Kenyan of the get. The actual mechanics are very, very difficult because what's the flow of events? Is it that he gave her the get, 
the property became hers. And then subsequently we look back at the get. Is it really one moment in time or is it multiple? Is it a sequence of events? When is the actual divorce taking place? Right? Okay. Uh, it's a minor lumdus, but it requires research. Story time, quarter of the way down. There was a man who was on his deathbed. He wrote a get to his wife late on Friday afternoon, but below he speak he didn't succeed in finishing to write it and giving it to her. He wrote it actually, but he didn't give it to her. Lemachar the next day took off Alma. His world almost left him. In other words, he was about to die. And he didn't want there to be yibum. He didn't want there to be all of the nafkaminas that not having a get would have. So the husband wanted to come up with a solution. The problem is that the get is muksa. Okay. So says the Gemara. Where's that Rashi? Rashi, halfway down. He was afraid, the husband was afraid that he was going to die. They had no children. And she would end up marrying his brother, which maybe nobody wanted. But you're not allowed to give a get on Shabbos. So let's go back in the Gemara. Then they had a Shaila. A Shaila of a dindirabanan of Mukta to avoid the Deoraisa situation of Yibu. I'm surprised by the question. No? Anybody? No. I mean, you not, may not be desirable. That's laid out. So to avoid it, I mean, what's the, like, what's the problem? Oh. You're right. I was weighing the questions. Um, the scenario that will result is a massive, is a massive, as a massive nafkamina, <laughs> it's a huge nafkamina. Would we not allow for a get to be employed? Would we not allow, let me ask the question the right way. Would we not allow for the Isr de Rabbanan of Muqtza to be violated in order to avoid a scenario of Yibu? That's the right way to ask the yeah, question. So Clearly the Gemara has fine. answered it. So the Gemara says it's Muqtza. Also the Kame de Rava. So then they went to Rava and they asked the Shiloh, what should we do? He's about to die. But the property, the get is in a particular property and it's not in her property. So says the Gemara, Amar Lahu, they said, Zilu Amrule, go tell the man who's dying, Likne Nehala, you should acquire to her, Lahu Duchta, the Yossi Begita, you should acquire the room in which the get is sitting, Vitezel Ihi, she should go there, Vitechut, she should close the door, Vitiftach, and then open the door, Vitachzik Bey, and then she will then have a Kenyan over that room. So let's say that he had it in his guest bedroom. That's where the get was sitting and he's about to die. So they said to her, go to the guest bedroom. He says to her, you can be Kona that room. She goes to that room, closes and opens the door. Voila, she opens the property. She's automatically divorced. Okay. Why is this Isra Darabana better than Muksa? You just made a Kenyan, making a Kenyan on Shabbos. So what's the difference? What is the Isra? You made a Kenyan. What's the Isra the get? Probably the same thing, no? But the Rashi calls it Muksa. Muksa vid. What? Well, What's the Mesira that's Usr? What? Giving her the get, which is her being Kona herself. Why is, is it get? It, why is it get Mukta? Why I'm assuming because of the fact that you can't give it, you can't give it as a function. Okay, 
So why, then, why otherwise? Okay, yeah. So we're assuming that it's us or it's like you know, the frozen chicken in the freezer. It's muksa because there's like just a zero. So so therefore that there's an iser tiltal, and as you're pointing out from Rashi, the extra vav there, there's an iser tiltal, and there's an iser of mesira of making a kenyan. But then, aren't you still making a kenyan even if a roundabout way and closing the door? Why is it any better? Hmm. I don't know. Uh, Ditsnan, where's precedent for this in Halacha that we see that this odd form of Kenyan even functions as a Kenyan? Says the Gemara, a third of the way down on Ayan Zayin Bays, Na'al, Gadar, Paratz, Kolshu, Arezo, Chazaka. So we see some precedent that this odd form of Kenyan will work. And in a case of a Shriv Meirah who's about to die, the Ged is in his property. He can verbally tell her, you're allowed to acquire this, this room in which the Ged sits, make a Kenyan by opening, closing the door, doing some sprach, some little something. And that can, that actually counts. Maybe the difference is that the Misa you're doing is not a Misa of Isser. Even though halachically you are making a Kenyan, but you're not doing a Misa of Isser. Masha'en came by picking up the Ged, you're actually violating Muksa. You're not touching anything muksa. You're touching a door. A door is not muksa. A door is mechuber the karka. Making a kinyan. So that, but if what I just said is correct, then we have we have a hierarchy of which iser derabanan to or, to or to violate. Say, um, somehow, all the get is no more muksa. Chicken is only muksa because it's frozen chicken. But if there is a function for it. Right, not all frozen food in our house. No. We we've discussed this. The peas, yeah, in yeah. yeah, exactly. Which, by the way, they can just be frosted. They're disgusting. They should be muksa for other reasons. <laughs> yeah, like well, unacceptable vegetable. Yeah. But that's but that's Amir Laakum. That's Amir Laakum. That was a dinder abundant. But it's but it's the Tzorach Mitzvah. There's like a grander. By the way, this is also the Tzorach Mitzvah. Just the, highlighting. The the Kenyan is also Tzorach. What Kenyan? Any Kenyan. Oh oh oh. Yeah yeah. Because you might write it. Yeah. But the, the the result is Doraisa, meaning the, the Isr Darabanan of you're, you're correct, but the the yes, the mechanics are Darabanan. We're, we're concerned about the Kenyan is a functional Kenyan Doraisa. The restriction is yeah. The restriction of the Kenyan is because of the Isr Darabanan. So I'm not sure what the Lamda says here. It could be what you're saying, it could be that the, or it could be like that I'm suggesting that maybe we're choosing which Isr Darabanan to violate it because like, it seems like it. maybe because it doesn't look like it. Could be. Even though you made a Kenyan, they're both Isurei Derabanan, but, but one of them isn't inherent. Well, it's Mechubar Lakarka. There's no Muksa. But it doesn't look like it. Correct. But Masha'en Kain, if I were to walk into that room and take the get and hand it to her, I just violated Muksa Biyadayin. It's a lumpus. It's a fair It's a fair spot. Okay. Third of the way down, let's continue. Amr Le Rav Elish Wait one second. How does any of this work? Here we go again. You just said that the Shechib Meirah should tell the wife, go acquire the second bedroom. The problem is that she's still married. 
What was Rava's whole svara? There are two things that are buying ke'echad. So Rava was pushed back and he was ichsif, he was embarrassed. They caught him red-handed that he was wrong. His svara is wrong. Lesof, it ended up turning out that this woman, who was the wife of the Shechimera, wasn't a full wife. And therefore, in that case, it was reasonable to allow for this to happen. And then Omar Rava, Rava uh, was a little contrite, but he said, If we say the principle of reasonable to say that it would not apply by an Arusa. And then Hadar Amar Rava, Rava then strengthened himself up and came up with another opinion. Actually, you know what? I'm going back to what I said before. So even Rava was a little unsettled with his own idea. And by the way, maybe that's why Rebbe Lazar on the first page didn't engage this possibility. Yeah, he stuck with his answer, a very limited answer that Chatzar only works by an Arusa. But Rava struggled with his own idea that Gita v'chatzera are bo'in ke'echad. However, the conclusion is that from this story that Rava again held his ground and said, Gita v'chatzera bo'in ke'echad. So says the Gemara, why do we have... Rava saying the same thing twice. We had it at the top of the page, and we have it over here. We had it when he argued with Rabbi Lazar on the top of the page, and we have it by the Misa. He already said it already. So it says the Gemara, you're right. They were repeating it as part of the story with the Shriv It wasn't like he had gave another shir, and he gave one shir. It's not like us. We repeat the same things a hundred times in shir. The Rav, Rav can give a drasha three weeks apart, same Mari Makomos, only a few people will notice, you know. <laughs> There, everybody knew what was going on. You couldn't give the same shear twice. And he wouldn't give the same shear. It wasn't a shear. This time it was a bididi hava uvda type of story. The Rav said, no, 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 I'm just telling you what happened. And Lamaisa, we have a machlokas in Rabbi Lazar and, and Rava in regards to the lambdas of how chatzar works. Does chatzar work uh, only be'arusa? Or does chatzar work because gita v'chatzera are bo'in ke'echad? We had said in our Mishnah that, uh, and this is explicit, our Mishnah said black on white that she needed to be in the house when it took place. And in fact, this is not so simple. It's actually a machlokas. We are now a little more than halfway down. If he throws the get into her property, she needs to be present for that. I disagree entirely. Even if they're in different cities. It doesn't matter. So the Gemara asks on the Shita Ravoshia, how in the world can you say that? Did you look at our Mishnah? Our Mishnah says the language, quote, How can you say she doesn't have to be there? So says the Gemara, Here's the lambdas, the cave on the chatzar mishtameres, the daita, since it's the, the chatzar is mishtameres, Basically, she's going to want the things that are in her field. She's has it watched. It's protected. It has a fence. Then the Gemara says, Miskareshes. So maybe the language of Hibisok Besa is not meant to be literal in our Mishnah. That's what Ravoshia reads. And it's just conceptual. It's just that it has to be a, mishta, a field that's Mishtameres. Lema says the Gemara, Lema Bahakamifligi. This Gemara has been uh, quoted many times throughout Shas. I'm sure we've come across it before. The Gemara says as follows No. Perhaps, maybe the machlokas of Ula and Ravoshaya as to whether or not she actually must be present when the get is put in. Perhaps it's because the Marsavar Chatzar Mishum Yada Israboy, that maybe the way that Chatzar works is because of Yad. It's as though it's, a, it's equivalent to her hand. And 
and that's why it would work. And another shita holds that it's not because of Yad, it's because of Shlichus. If it's because of Yad, she should be there. If it's because of Shlichus, no need to be there. Says the Gemara, Lo, I disagree. The Kule Alma, everyone agrees, Chatzar Mishum Yada Israbai. Everyone agrees that Chatzar is because of Yad. But Mar Savar Kiyada, Mar says that there's an equivalence between her hand and the realities of her accepting the get. What's that? Ma Yada Bismucha, Av Bismucha. Just like, generally speaking, a person's hand is close to their body, so too they need to be close to their chatzar. If the chatzar is like her yad, and her yad is attached to her hand, then she needs to be near her chatzar when the get is being given. That's a sheet of ula. And ve'idach, what would Rav Oshaya say back to that? That's ridiculous. Ma bedvuka, just like her hand is literally attached to her body, would you then say, we have to sew her and stitch her to the ground? That's ridiculous. Obviously, the Gemara's comparison of Yad doesn't mean that it's attached to her body. That's crazy. There's another comparison of Yad, says Rav Oshaya. That would be a reavable Swara. Just like her hand, she gets to choose what goes into her hand, her field too. Perhaps something will go in her field that she doesn't want to go in there. Then the Gemara tells a story, 12 lines from the bottom. This story will take us to the top of the page at the two dots, and then we'll stop. Hahu Gavra, there was a man. The Zarak Lagita the Debisu. He threw threw a get to his wife. Have a kaima vechatzer, and it was in the chatzer. Azal Gita, the when the when the get went in, Nafal be Fisla. It fell, says the Gemara, onto a block of wood. Says the Gemara, Amr of Yosef, Chazinan, we need to check. Ihavya Arba Amos al Arba Amos. We need to check if that is its own Rishus Hayachid within a Rishus Hayachid. And if that's the case, then Palagla Rishus Alanafshe. If that's the case, that the block of wood is four by four, that's a six foot by six foot block. So then that's its own Rishus. Done. It doesn't even count. And then says the Gemara of Elo, and if it didn't go there, then Chada Rishus, if it fell on the ground, it fell on a, on a, on a piece of wood that's smaller than Dalad al Dalad, then they are divorced. Says the Gemara, Bimaya Skinan. What case are we dealing with over here? If we're talking about her chatzer, who cares about the Dalad Amos if it's her backyard? It's all her stuff. Even if the block of wood is four by four, it's all her stuff. Ella, it must be that we're talking about. It's in his chatzer. She's standing there and it lands on a block of wood and says the Gemara there too. Who cares? Even if there was no piece of wood, even if it hit her when he threw it and it landed next to her, she still wouldn't be divorced because it's his field. It's his backyard. It must be, says the Gemara, he rented a spot for her. And says the Gemara, it's typical for a person to rent part of their backyard, but and therefore there's enough community if it falls on that other property, if it falls on the piece of wood. And let's qualify this. When is this true? It can't be above 10 Tvachim because we know that above 10 Tvachim is no longer down here. It's considered up there. Even if it landed on a thin pedestal, but above 10 Tvachim, which is only 40 inches, it's not so much. Under those circumstances, low, uh, that, that would not work.
And as well, Velo Amran, last line of Ayin Zayin Mabez, Velo Amran Ela Delaysle, turning to the top of Ayin Chesam, not Delaysle Shem Levoy, if it didn't have a unique name to it. Aval Isle Shem Levoy, Afal Gav de Logua Sara, Be Afal Gav de Lohave Arba Amos. There would be a different din if it landed on a Shem Levoy, even if it wasn't Tentwachim, and even if it wasn't Arba Amos. So just a couple of dinim over here. It must be that we were talking in this case where he threw her the get and it landed on a block. It must be that we're talking about his field because if it was her field, it wouldn't have mattered where it landed. We'll stop right here and Amir Tashem will pick up tomorrow on the top of Ayin Chesim at Aleph, three lines down, wishing you all a beautiful night.